Welcome to The Dental Brief, the world's direct, right-to-the-point podcast produced to get you the information you need to learn and grow your practice. To learn more about our guests and find links to information discussed on our show, visit our website, dentalbrief.com. On to today's episode. Hello, everyone. Good afternoon, and welcome to another episode of The Dental Brief. Today, we have with us uh, Dr. Uh, Dave Shirazi. Say hello, Dr. Shirazi. Hey, how you, good? how you doing? I'm great, and I'm thankful as always when we have a uh, dentist on the uh, episode. It's so great to have uh, doctors on here to, to share their experiences and to help other doctors. We really appreciate that. So why don't you tell me a little bit about your background? Let's talk about, and I know you're a TMJ expert, but we're going to talk, we're going to first start about how'd you become a dentist? What, what first got you interested in dentistry? Well, my mom's a dentist. Everyone in my family is a doctor, a dentist of some kind. My father was a pharmacist. And uh, when I was 14, I was watching my mom do a root canal. I thought it was the coolest thing. So <laughs> I, I love working with my hands. I love talking to people. And I thought, well, this is fun for me. And I didn't like the concept of medicine um, as it is here in the United States because your patients die on you. Sure. And that wasn't something I was really looking forward to being a part of. And, um, and yeah, um, you know, uh, after that, I, I worked as a dental assistant, first for her, then for other dentists, uh, right up until dental school. Wow. So yeah. you started, you went into, I'm assuming you went into general practice at some point. Is that right? Yeah. So right out of school, um, at first, when I went into dental school, I wanted to be an oral surgeon. Okay. I, uh, the last four years uh, before dental school, I was assisting for periodontists, and I loved it. And uh, I, I entered dental school with my own scalpel with a number 15. And, uh, and I, I was lucky enough to have five girls on my cadaver on my first semester. And sure. they were fine with me doing most of the dissection. I, you know, it was perfect for me. And I loved it. It was, you know, I love surgery. Um, but they were, you know, the teachers were showing, you know, I was telling them about being a surgeon. And they were showing me these lateral sets of these people that had post TMJ surgery and with all these bolts in them. Right. And I would tell these guys, I'm like, how does the patient function like that? And, and they would say, we don't know. Right. And I said, well, and, and why are they doing it? Right. And he goes, well, this is in 1996. Right. They're like, well, you know, uh, it's a very much like a, cowboy you know let's let's just you know because they don't have any other options let's sure. just throw this at them and cross our fingers right? right um and i was so naive back then i thought that if you're a specialist you can't turn it down like i used to joke that if you're a root canal specialist you can't say well that root canal is too hard i can't do it right, right. but they do that all the time they're, but their verbiage is uh this tooth is unsavable just pull it Right. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. So I naively got, so as soon as I got out of dental school, I was doing about almost 200 hours a year of CE um, in everything. Um, but my, my preference was orthodontics. My mom was really pushing me to do ortho. And I'm very grateful that she did. And um, I met up with a great group of docs. We worked on some really interesting cases and I you know, really loved this aspect of it, which then helped me. Um, to then just move on to things like TMJ disorders and sleep apnea. Yeah. So I know you specialize in that now. Um, do you still do general dentistry as well? Or as, as no, 
mostly made up yeah. of sleeping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sense for me. I have so, two practices and I'm basically just pain, sleep, and ortho. Fantastic. So some awesome, yeah, I know we're going to have some awesome answers to some of these questions. So mm-hmm. you're getting referred patients from doctors, you know, all over your area in California and probably even the country. Um, what are some problems that you see? What are some struggles and problems that you see that dentists are facing that you can, that you can help with? Well, I mean, the most common problem um, affecting dentists that they know of is patients who are bruxing and they make them a night guard, right? And they find that um, some patients, they make them a night guard and they're like patients like, yeah, you know, I'm less sore with the night guard, right? right? And others are saying it's worse with the night guard, right? And so one of the things I instruct patients, you know, dentists to tell their patients is, okay, so I don't know if you have a minor jaw problem from your clenching or a major jaw problem. So one of the ways that we can test is I can give you a night guard, and if that helps you, great, right? If it doesn't help or it makes it worse, then we know that you have a really serious jaw problem and you should go to an expert, right? And that kind of covers their butt. You know what I mean? Because the right. patient, because the, if the if the patient wants, if they intuitively know that they have a bigger jaw problem than a night guard can solve, then they'll tell the dentist, you know what? No, forget the night guard. Let's go straight to the expert. But most patients are like, well, let's do as cheap as you know option as possible. Let's try that night guard. If it works, fingers crossed, right? So that's like the biggest thing. But the other things that are more subtle that dentists don't know can be related when patient, when dentists have patients that uh, they're doing the inferior alveolar uh, nerve block to get them numb, to work on their lower teeth. Uh, these patients that are very hard to get numb. These are patients often with a very chronic, you know, centrally sensitized disorder could be related to their jaw, could not be, but these are usually patients that need a pain expert, right? Sure. If, if, they can't open very wide. You know, you know, I've seen dentists say, yeah, those patients that I can't open very wide, I'll just send them to the endodontist for the root canals because I don't, you know, I don't want to hurt my back or neck or whatever. It's like, right. no, why don't, you, why don't you take the, the, the fact that they can't open very wide is the main problem. Right. Um, I used to have an ad that I ran in the Santa Barbara Ventura County uh, Dental Association. And it was a Panorex. And the reason I chose a Panorex is because uh, as a dentist, if we see a dental x-ray or a Panorex, we go into diagnosis mode, right? We just we just hone in. No one asks us for our opinion. Right, right. <laughs> but we hone in on it, right? Sure. But I had a lovely Panorex that showed arthritis in the capsule. Um, the second molars had crowns and root canals and et cetera. It was crowding. And I just used it as an educational tool. And I said, you see how it's just the back teeth with crowns and root canals and et cetera? Well, when we clench, those are the first teeth to get beat up, right? Sure. And if, if there's arthritis on a Panorex, which only really shows the lateral poles of a condyle, then, well, they've probably been bruxing a lot more, and it's probably worse on the center and the medial pole. So these are opportunities to refer to get yourself, you know, out of trouble. Um, you know, doing dentistry, like the jaw is the foundation of the bite, right? 
So if you know the patient has pain, clicking, locking, limited range of motion, and they need something done, and you do it, and usually we see the problem happens from the dentist having the patient's jaw open too long. That becomes a problem. Um, but also it can happen is if their jaw problem gets worse or if they unlock, their bite might be off because of that new crown you had put on. Sure. Right? Because you change the jaw, you change the bite, but now the bite's different because you just put in a crown. Right. right? And the patient, you know, will, will blame the dentist typically. Yeah. So here's the tough question, and I need to find a kind of a politically correct way. That... Don't, don't, you don't have to be politically correct with me. You for our audience, right, right? I did not for okay. you for our audience. <laughs> a, I know a lot of dentists. We get the call all the time. You know, and what I do day to day, and it's like, hey, you know, I want to start doing TMJ. I just started doing TMJ. Or I just started doing it. And I'm adding this to this practice, and oftentimes, it's for revenue, right? So the, the, the really yeah. what has the dentist interested is they're trying to figure out a way to offset you know, how the insurance companies are hammering them or how they feel like they're being hammered by the insurance and are trying to find other things to do to bring in. So let's say a, a dentist is, has been doing TMJ for a couple years and has worked with some, had some success on a few patients here and there. What's a telltale sign that they need to refer to someone who's only doing TMJ, who's just a, a, an expert in it, that's all they're doing day to day? What's, what, how do you decide, you know, or how do they decide, hey, this one is, you know, like you, you said that, um, endo says, hey, it's just too hard. Um, it's it's outside of my league. How do they do that? Right. So the easiest way was the first thing I said is when you tell the patient, hey, I'm going to make you a night guard. If this works, great. If it doesn't, then, you know, you have a severe problem. I'm going to just just to let you know that you're letting the patient know in advance that, listen, if you have a severe problem, it's not my fault. <laughs> okay. Right. It's sure. because you have a severe problem. You know, night guards are standard of care for someone who clenches and brexes their teeth. If it helps, great. If it doesn't, then, hey, go see a specialist, right? That's sure. like the first way. Um, I, I do find it very hard for dentists to know which case is too hard for them um, and even which case uh, to treat. So, uh, you know, you said that you had Dr. Steve Olmos on your podcast before. That's right. right. Yep. So he teaches a methodology, a neurological evaluation to find out if the person has what's called a TMJ primary problem or a secondary to something else. Right. Sure. Now, that's the thing. If you, if the patient has a secondary problem and you go and make them a day guard to, to fix their jaw problem, that's going to be a disaster. That's not going to work. Okay? okay. But you need to know, you need to be a diagnostician and find out what is going on with the person. Okay. We know that 50% of the time, the reason why we clench our teeth is because of a, a version of sleep apnea called upper resistance syndrome. Yeah. So uh, you, you need to kind of disclose this to patients and go, listen, yeah, let's say we even fix your, your TMJ problem. I don't want to mask a more serious sleep apnea problem. I recommend you go to a doctor and go get that sorted out. You need to document that. Right. You need to document that, you know, documentation is one of the, the most critical things that dentists need to know. Um, what state are you in? I'm in Colorado. You're in Colorado. Yep. So California, especially the dental board, has become extremely litigious. And they will ding a dentist for anything, right? So if the dentist, you know, the records were incomplete 
or um, it, it doesn't matter how trivial. It doesn't matter that you didn't harm the patient. Um, right. They'll try to ding for anything. So right. uh, the everything. first thing is is records, records, records. Make sure everything is documented. Sure. You know, you know yeah. So, Devin, a lot of uh, Dr. Sh- uh, Shirazi, a lot of people that are uh, listening to our show are definitely trying to better their practices, um, make part of our audience. You know, they're trying to grow. They're they're trying to to, to do better today than they did yesterday, which is fantastic. Um, that's why I love doing this. Let me ask you this this last question. Um, let's say a dentist is considering getting into TMJ, um, yeah. and they have some money motivated behind it. You know, they're thinking, "Hey, I need to go take a course. Go take yeah, a course." So- yeah, what are what are some telltale signs that this might be right? When you, I mean, you you have to when you meet doctors that are really good at this, right? Mm-hmm. That, that really love and are really good. What are some what are some attributes that they have? Some characteristics that you see in them that are different so than the, the temperament is the most important thing when dealing with pain patients. Sleep patients are a lot easier um, with respect to uh, how you know happy they are and and they're just really tired and they're struggling and you know you're there to help them. And the results you get from treating sleep apnea happen usually a lot faster than they do for a TMD patient. And sometimes uh, TMD patients don't like to be in the waiting room with their OSA patients that are in the waiting room because the OSA patients are like, good morning, how you doing? You know, just came to see Dr. Shrazi, right? And they're like, why is she so cheery? Right? Right. (laughs) They can't talk about it, right? So I I think you made a good point. Um, If a dentist has done a few cases under their belt and they, they have the patience, the empathy, the compassion to deal with someone with chronic pain, then taking courses. And really the the main course I recommend people take is by Dr. Almost. It's the most comprehensive course I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Um, Then they would be, you know, a good candidate to, you know, help their, their, you know, population. Um, But if, if, if they've done a few cases and they're like, well, that patient was crazy. Right. I mean, just, just run away. Uh, You're, you're going to, you're going to run into that a lot. And if you can't deal with it, you're, you're not going to, you're not going to be happy. Yep. Makes sense to me. Speaking of being happy, let's try to make you happy here a little bit. I'm going to definitely recommend a dentist in the California area that have patients that um, you know need some help in this area. I'm sure you're accepting uh, referrals. Uh, the website is TMJ and sleeptherapycenter.com. Um, feel free to reach out to Dr. Shirazi. And then of course, you know, dentist to call across the country. If you got questions, he can help you out with. I, I recommend yeah. you blowing up his phone. And I, I thank you so much for that, but I'll tell you an yeah. easy website to remember because I have right. two offices, one in LA, one in Thousand Oaks. Yep. So tmjla.com is one, and tmjconejo, C-O-N-E-J-O.com, uh, are the two web- websites where people can you know refer patients or find out more for themselves. I have some videos on YouTube. I did a Google Talk. Um, yeah, there, there's there's many different ways to learn and, and to refer. It's fantastic. Sir, Dr. Shirazi, thank you so much for coming on today. We appreciate you. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. Did you know you can weigh in on today's topic on Facebook? Search The Dental Brief on Facebook or visit our website, dentalbrief.com, and just follow the link. We look forward to having you join us again on another episode of The Dental Brief.